Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. When we uh, do those broadcasts, we're streaming those broadcasts live at richarddugan.com, and the podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, many other locations as well. We hope that you will subscribe. Oh, we're also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews. You can see my your, yours truly, as well as my beautiful guest today, and uh, we hope that you'll subscribe there as well on YouTube, the channel, Tell Me Your Story. Just look for the guy with the black hat. Only today, you'll be able to look for the woman in the black hat as well. So that's going to be very exciting for you folks to uh, watch these uh, videos as well. And uh, we also encourage you to uh, spend time going within. Spending that time during this, the decade of perfect vision, where we ask you to spend time in that inner life that we all have listening to that still small voice. And we're going to be talking about that a lot, I think, today. We also encourage you to support this program if you can. We have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. If you can uh, support us financially, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is also to those who have supported us uh, and those who will in down the road there. And so we, we I can't thank you enough for listening to the program. 82,500 at this uh, present moment of listens since January 1 of 2018. And the number just keeps growing and growing and growing. And uh, I'm glad folks are listening. And it's interesting to see which uh, uh, videos as well as audios are like at the top of the list, the most watched, the most listened. Well, I, I think this program is probably going to be one of those as well. And I hope that uh, you will make it a point to tell your friends and family and so forth about it. Because we're going to be talking about, um, well, shum, the, the shaman heart, turning pain, and passion, turning pain into passion and purpose with Stephanie Urbina Jones, and I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. You and I are both sporting the the black hat look, black hat look today. Thank you for being with us. It's wonderful to be here. I am so excited to have you on the program because I've I have been oh, it's interesting to say it this way. Interested in shamanism for decades. Uh, I've always found it fascinating. Uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, because a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times shamanism enters one's life because of one's lineage. Is that true with you? And what is your lineage? Well, it is for me. I am Mexican-American. And if I trace back my roots, my indigenous roots back to Mexico, I definitely know that it is part of the healing ways the healing hands and intention from my ancestors um, that has been brought forward in a more modern way but i definitely feel like it's connected to my roots and it was calling you or did you find it and go oh click this is this is for me well uh, you know my story is for me it's interesting because my it starts with my great grandfather manuel anaya Urbina, who crossed the border in el paso in 1907 he um had been raised catholic he was intending on being a priest he'd gone to the vatican had this amazing experience and desire to be a man of god and, and in mexico that's serving as a priest 
and something which we don't know exactly what happened so profoundly uh, what's painful for him that he left the Vatican he came back to Mexico he left his faith he left his family he crossed the border into El Paso became a Baptist minister preaching the gospel and as time went on you know a few generations down the road I got to meet him and know him and it was in my own walk with faith my own desire to be connected to um, the great mystery a god of my understanding when i hit some trauma in my own life and tried to find my way through the traditional forms of therapy talk therapy and or the religion i had been raised in i could not release or change the patterns i was living in until i went back to mexico and started to do some of these healing journeys that helped get me in my body. And this is reminiscent of, you know, the ways that the indigenous shamans would find their way through an issue. They knew that it was always held in the body and they would do ceremonies and experiences that helped to get to it and to release that energy. And so that's the way I came to my shaman heart hmm. which is of course the title of your book it's also the title if you will or the name of a website shamanheart.org uh you can uh, find out about uh, uh stephanie stephanie urbina jones uh, as well as the music that's right ladies and gentlemen she is a musician she's a singer and we are going to be featuring some of her songs here on the program uh we'll have her share a little bit about each of these songs as we go in and out of our uh, uh program i think that you're going to enjoy them i think that uh, I, I matter of fact when i when i got them i put them in my truck and i threw one in and i just listened to it from front to back so to speak uh, beginning to end and put the next one in and so forth and it just it was wonderful to listen i i i can connect a little bit especially with um uh the el mariachi azteca uh cd uh, only from the standpoint that on my mother's side of the family uh, they uh, they all spoke Spanish, and when I was a kid growing up, didn't understand a word of it. All I knew was to listen for my name. If I heard my name, I came a running. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> they weren't talking to me or about me. Um, and then I took a, a, a semester of Spanish in high school, and the intention was to get out of a semester of English. <clears throat> I remember very little of my Spanish class, other than I, re I obtained the uh, nickname of El Toro. El Toro. El Toro, yeah. Um, <clears throat> because I was, uh, I was not a happy camper. But, you know, when you're getting bullied, you're not a happy camper. Uh, but that's another story for another time. The book that you have, Shaman Heart, is actually, it's a collection of stories. It's a collection of stories from what is it uh, 20 26 uh, different folks who are sharing their experiences what in shamanism uh, give us give us a little bit of a background on how this book concept was created so as to go out and find the various authors of these stories to to put into this compilation well um, so Last year, I was invited to write on a book that was a collective book called Sacred Death. And 
part of the story of my life is I had this profound moment when my grandmother, my little Mexican grandmother invited me to her bedside and I midwifed her between this world and the next. She spoke to my grandfather on the other side. She spoke to me on this side before she passed. And before she died, she put a mission on my heart. She says, Mija, which means little girl, you are going to be a mensajera. You're going to be a messenger. You're going to be carrying our culture, our stories, our passion. And she literally said this. She said, you're going to be making country music with chili peppers and you're going to be carrying it all over the world. And so when I was invited to write on this book, um, I said yes. And it was a profound experience um, with Brave Healer Productions to be a part of it. And in the middle of writing my chapter, I had this vision. Um, and this vision was, oh my goodness, what if, because I do lead with my husband journeys in the pyramids of Teotihuacan, um, what if we took 26 authors on an author's journey and we led them through this experience that is so profound adventure and then we all wrote our story of how our pain that which had hurt us the most had become kind of like a cosmic breadcrumb and mm. turned into our purpose and our passion for life and so the idea was born i called the publisher laura defranco who's an amazing woman and said, what do you think? And she's like, yes. So on January the 5th, 2022, in the midst of the pandemic, snowstorms, canceled flights, somehow 26 leading teachers, you know, people in their field all made their way to these, this vortex of transformation. And we led a journey with firewalk and, um, walking the avenue of the dead and all kinds of experiences um and then we all went home and wrote our chapter and then on april 6th shaman heart turning pain into passion and purpose came out and went number one in nine categories on amazon the day it came out it's like wow. amazing wow well first of all congratulations that's at you know <clears throat> when uh, what I have noticed specifically about music is that when an artist is singing about their life, their journey, uh, their pain and sorrow, their happiness, their joy and passion, that is when the people listening are really connecting. And it's, and again, I, I don't think that it is necessarily, uh, and I would venture yours, your, you would agree with this, that a musician's intention, 95 to maybe 99% of the time, is not to become a star, a superstar, and all of that. It's that they need to express what's going on in their lives. And they become that, shall we say, star. But what I'm, what I'm kind of getting is that the listener embraces them, so to speak, into their family. Oh, my God, she, she went through this or that or the other thing. Oh, I can relate because I went through this, that or the other thing. Um, 
when you are on the road, and I know that it's been a while for some of us, uh, I'm not a musician in that regard, but uh, those who do travel and so forth, normally uh, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, I call it the COVID era, and all eras have beginnings, middles, and ends. Um, there is that, there, there's got to be that connection to the audience in that regard. Um, that is that that is something that you experience, and it's it's family, right? Absolutely, it's it's a it's family, it's a spiritual experience. It's you know when we're traveling. I did six shows last week, including you know a show that's aired on PBS called Wood Songs. Um, I did the Grand Ole Opry last week. I came back to Texas and played a show for Cinco de Mayo. So we are traveling nonstop. And, you know, right before that show, sometimes it's like my light feels dim, you know, and I really have to conserve my energy. Mm -hmm. And then really prayerfully open my heart, we all do, and, and move this, we call my music now honky-tonk mariachi, and just to watch this, the, the sound, the symphony of sound from violins to trumpets to honky-tonk guitar to the words to open people's hearts. And, you know, of course, when they were coming through me, I'm having a powerful experience when I'm writing a song like Mariachis Make Me Cry or Adios Mi Amigo to my grandmother as she's passing from this world to the next. So that intent is in those songs and then you know if we're conscious of it often many times most times people feel that they feel that joy they feel that sadness they feel that bittersweet longing and hopefully they're inspired my greatest desire is for people to not feel alone mm -hmm. and to believe that just maybe whatever they're going through could actually be helping make them who they were born to be you know so whether it's a book or a song or an interview I hope that that's the message that they hear you know we are talking with Stephanie Urbina Jones and she has a book as well as a website shaman heart shamanheart.org is uh, the website will be linked uh, to that main website. There are several others we're going to mention throughout the program, so folks, you might want to take note as we continue talking with Stephanie here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we, we are going in and out of this program with some songs that you have selected for uh, us to feature here on, uh, on Tell Me Your Story. And uh, the first one that... Uh, it's, it's, uh, actually when I went to look for it, uh, I thought, okay, what well, revolution. And I started listening. Wait a minute. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. And this particular one, it's called revolution. And, uh, tell us a little bit about this particular song and, and why you chose it uh, to be featured here. Well, um, I mentioned to you this profound experience prior to my grandmother passing. I was a songwriter and I loved my life making writing songs with coffee with my best friends in my pajamas no makeup <laughs> <laughs> and then she passed and put this mission on my heart that i could not deny and so i went back to mexico to remember who i was and it was there um, and i write about this in my chapter in the book in san miguel de allende mexico i met 
um, these 16 year old musicians and they didn't speak English and I they didn't I barely spoke Spanish but we spoke music and we spoke of our heart and so we wrote that song um, in in the streets of in Mexico a revolución en mi corazón and it was also there during that period of time that I did my very first healing journey, breathwork journey, with a little Mexican curandera, medicine woman, and had a vision of my grandfather, you know, telling me that this was, he had his way of translating his message of love, you know, speaking the gospel, and that my message of love would be through words and songs, and that it was time for me to go. And so that song marked the beginning and the the fire and the fuel that I would need for to carry me the 20 years down the road <laughs> up to now. Well, let's take a listen to that and then we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit about the uh, second song that we uh, we will come back in with. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story.
revolución en mi corazón Revolución en mi corazón
are back here with uh, our very special guest. Uh, she is uh, now. Do you refer to yourself? Because I, I was talking with someone who uh, embraced and followed and studied the shamanic uh, traditions uh, that they chose to, but they don't care much for using that term. Do you refer to yourself as a shamanic uh, healer? What 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 terminology do you prefer? You know, I tell people that I'm a transformational teacher, a Toltec transformational teacher and a sacred witness, you know, to walk with them. I use the word shaman heart because that feels, you know, sacred and right to me because it is because of my pain that I'm able to walk with people who are in pain and kind of hold the road sign for where they're going and saying, don't give up here this is an important passageway for your life you know so it takes having a shaman heart to be able to see into the dark and walk with people to the other side so the song we came back uh, listening to was uh, entitled it was entitled uh, the resurrection of my heart uh, and uh, share with us a little bit about the background on that one well um as I mentioned, I, I had a lot, I walked with a lot of pain. I had these great big dreams and I went to Nashville and I had these great big plans, but because of the trauma that I had experienced, I just couldn't live them. And so, um, you know, I would freeze on stage of 5,000 people. And so I had to give up that dream long before my grandmother said what she said. But it was finally an, an invitation to go to the pyramids of Teotihuacan on this, they call it the initiate's journey, um, to walk the avenue of the dead, that I really finally came to re-experience my pain in a new way. And um, as I write in the book, one of my teachers said, Stephanie, you are committed to your suffering. And I realized at that point that I was, that I had been conditioned to suffer and, and that I had a choice and that I could literally, quite literally take the needle off of that old record of pain and suffering and begin playing a new song. And so that really was my first journey to Teotihuacan on the journeys that we lead was really the beginning of the resurrection of my heart um, and living the amazing, beautiful, life that I live now. Well, uh, as I said earlier, folks, we are going to be listening to uh, a number of songs throughout this program and uh, certainly hope that you will uh, enjoy them as well as uh, as well as I. Uh, one of the things that really struck me because I certainly hear you you go to Nashville, you when when a musician goes to Nashville, they're going to Nashville to be a country artist specifically. Not exclusively, but specifically. You go to L.A. or Chicago or New York, any other genre you want. Um, I worked for six months back in the mid-80s for a country station back in Phoenix. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, when I moved to Santa Barbara and a few years ago bought a truck, a Ford F-150. Of course, I've been wearing the hat long before... 2000. Uh, I found it funny when we moved to Santa Barbara um, 
and I heard the news story that Brad Pitt had brought back the hat. I'm going, you're an idiot. You people are crazy. I've been wearing, I mean, hats have been around a lot longer than me, even. But it's like, no, 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 no. I brought back the hat, not Brad. <laughs> uh, you know, love him dearly, but no. Anyway, one of the comments that was made by a non-country uh, person, they probably enjoy it. It's not maybe their favorite, what have you. But they were at, for example, the CMT Awards. And I watched those awards. And they said it was one of the most amazing experiences. It was it was energetic on stage, but it was so low-key in the back from the standpoint that they treated you like family. There was no hype. There was no, you know, any of that. Th these are just regular people, some of them who, between their musician gigs, musical gigs, they're riding the John Deere tractor and plowing the fields and herding the cattle and, and doing whatever it is that cowboys and cowgirls do out on the range. Um, is, is country music, and, and maybe this is also partly from your, your, your heritage, um, was country music just, it just was a natural fit? Or was it some, uh, tell us about the connection there. I, again, we'll also talk about the, the, the mariachi side of it as well. Well, they kind of come together for me because I was born on the west side of San Antonio. And so my first memories were like, you know, these giant family gatherings, everybody, the, the term mi casa su casa, my house is your house. Everybody was welcome. And we always had, you'd hear, be hearing boleros, you know, songs from the border, you know, from Mexico. And, and then we'd also be in the backyard. And this is where the mariachis lived on this side of town. So when they came from Mexico, they'd be rehearsing before they'd go down to the mercado to play. So this, they'd be wafting, you know, those classic songs over my grandparents' um, fences. And at the same time, always in the backyard, there'd be a radio playing country music. So, I mean, all the greats, Patsy Cline, mm. you know, the Outlaws, you know, Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn, whoever, it was always blaring. So these cultures always like came together for me. And I think that, you know, I was given, I had a vision of that, you know, having a honky tonk band with mariachis on stage, that has always been the dream for me. And now that dream has come true, and you are now living that uh, in your life, uh, both uh, as a uh, – it's, it's hard to put it in the context of solo artist because you're not up there by yourself. And I, I get what that means, what solo artist means. Um, for example, I am I, so thankful that I get to count myself amongst songwriters now. Because I've written one. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's a start. Um, but even though it's me doing the vocals, I've got a woman who played two different tracks on guitar. I have a guy who came in and did the mandolin, played the mandolin. <clears throat> and, um, so, you know, so it's like, okay, I got my uh, uh, virtual band behind me, so to speak, you know. 
Um, and, and I did it old school like they used to where you'd lay down one track and then you'd play that and lay down the next track separate and then the next track separate and so forth. And then you'd mix them down. I didn't have the musicians in separate rooms. This was one track at a time, ladies and gentlemen. And that's not the way it's done these days. It's uh, uh, if you have your own studio. And I'm curious, uh, when you're at home, do you have your own studio where you're able to uh, create and make uh, and record, especially when things come up? You know, no, I don't. I um, <sighs> have a writer's room in my house that um, I'm rarely at. I'm always on the road. And even from the very beginning, you know, I was a staff writer for Sony Music. And I never, I play the guitar, not really well, but it's all in my mind. I can hear the orchestration. And so I'll sometimes write an entire song kind of on my guitar, but especially the whole body of a song and then I will find, you know, a guitar player and hire him and, and we'll find the groove of it and it gets built from there. Mm. Um, I co-write. And I also wanted to go back and speak into country music and also the Mexican culture. These two are so perfect for each other because it's all about family and faith. And you're right. Anytime people come to Nashville or that's always been the thing about even the Grand Ole Opry, you know, you're backstage with Garth Brooks or a brand new artist and everybody is always encouraging and loving and um, familial, as you said, you know, so, um, yeah. You know, and, and that is one of the beautiful things about it. And that's what our program is all about is we I use the term community family works fine, too. Uh, but we're trying to to build community. We're, we're, we're trying to enforce or reinforce, I should say, not force. We don't want to force anything uh, because people have a right to make their own choices. Uh, but uh, at the same time, it's like, come on. We can do this. We can work together. We are not we're not victims of circumstance um, and and that we are looking for those new ways of living. And, you know, what's funny is that in, in spite of the fact that that's what we're looking for, for example, on this program or with this program, um, <clears throat> because the old ways, they're just not working. And when I speak of the old ways, the old ways are those ways that are currently being used and people are getting left behind. People are coming out there. Uh, for example, this this whole pandemic, I, I remember thinking and I even verbalized this back in uh, maybe it was June or July, maybe even August of 2020, when they had already told us in March. All right, everybody go home and stay inside. They didn't say stay inside. You can go out into your front lawn. Now, I know there were a lot of places like New York and so forth. And if you live in a high rise apartment complex, kind of tough to go out on your front lawn. I get that. But if you live on a ground-level house, they didn't tell you you had to stay inside. But a lot of people, that's what they did. And, and of course, I was one of the fortunate ones. I, I went to work every day. I haven't missed a day, okay, uh, since before the pandemic. Um, and there, but there are people out there who feel so disconnected. They feel so apart, separate, and, and whatever other adjective you want to use from not just their friends, their families, but from civilization, from society. And that long period, I think, is going to 
um, manifest in the real need and desire to connect. And I think you're seeing that now that you're back on the road again. Um, I think people are kind of acquiescing to the virus and basically saying, eh, you know what? I get what our authorities are telling us, whoever they may be. I, I understand that. But I have to tell you that I'm willing to take the risk for me. Okay, I'm not going to do anything. I, I'm going to try not to put anybody in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. But I've got to connect with other human beings. Are you finding that? As you travel about? Absolutely. I mean, imagine, you know, a couple of years into it and in January, the first trip that we made and that 26 authors made into the heart of Mexico. Yes, it was like so amazing to be together. And I think that it makes it that much more precious. And I think that's one of the great things that most of us have learned from this experience what's important who's important and how do we want to spend our life because it just really becomes clear that it's TikTok, you know um so i think that's been a gift from this ex whole thing this uh, particular book we're talking about here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is um, a program called Shaman Heart, Turning Pain into Passion and to Purpose. And it is uh, a profound, sacred journey amid a raging pandemic, snowstorms, fires, and canceled flights, leading a spiritual teachers, preachers, and healers from around the world coming together as, uh, as uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, um, Stephanie Jones. Stephanie Urbina Jones is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. And we're going to take a listen to another couple of songs here that uh, that you have selected for this program. And this these next uh, songs actually come from the CD. And I should say that the last two songs come from your CD, Fiery Angel. Um, and before we jump to the uh, next CD here, Fiery Angel is the title as also the title of one of the songs in, in there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the title as well as the title track. You are good. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me that question. But on that same very first adventure to um, the pyramids of Teotihuacan, where my life, literally, my prayers were finally answered, like something really started to change within me. I made my way at the end of the journey to the top of the pyramid of the sun and you know, there with the sun blazing down into my heart, I heard these words that, Stephanie, you will be a fiery angel. You will use your voice as a sword of light to cut through the darkness. And again, these words and that experience live in me and guide me in everything that I do to use my words, to use my heart um, to be a light. So that's where it came from. Fiery Angel had to be the title. I wrote a song with another co-writer, and there you go. So the next CD we're going to uh, take a listen to um, is called Shaman Heart, which also is the title of the uh, the book, but it's also subtitled The Bittersweet, uh, let me see here, uh, The Bittersweet Beautiful Ride. And now the song we're going to listen to, though we'll, we'll hear that title track as well, uh, the t song that we're com that's coming up next is called Prayer in the Dark, which makes me think about what I referred to at the front end of the program 
about spending time going within. One could refer to it as, especially in Christian circles, a prayer closet, as it were. Uh, talk to us about this particular song. Well, you know, for many of us, sometimes it takes the hardest moments of our life to finally bring us to our knees. And certainly that was the case. I've always been a prayerful person. I've always had a conscious connection with a God of my understanding and do consider myself actually a Christian woman. But I went through a divorce, something I never wanted to happen. And I was just broken. And um, my father-in-law at the time um, passed, you know, in the middle of this. And it just broke me hmm. to the place where it was hard for me to get out of bed and my co-writer came over mark marchetti and uh, we just wrote through it and we told that story of surrender and god help me help guide me and you know as again back to the pain and purpose is that it was it is in that surrendering it is in that asking that something comes and guides us always, always. And so um, it's one of my favorite songs. I got to sing it at the Montreux Jazz Festival. Folks can look that up online. And um, yeah, it's a powerful song. And that's what we're going to listen to next. Again, uh, we're going to listen to this from uh, the CD, uh, Shaman Heart, Prayer in the Dark, here on Tell Me Your Story. I get down on my knees I'm going through the motions I'm trying to believe I need mercy and forgiveness I need to roll away the stone I need to know that someone loves me Cause tonight I'm so alone Is there anybody out there? Is there anyone who cares? God up in heaven Watching over me down here Well if there is, can you hear it? This longing in my spirit This whisper, whisper From my heart This prayer in the dark This prayer footprints in the sand They say you are my shepherd Well, Father, here I am In this moment of weakness I'm so weary and confused I'm calling out your name I am reaching out for you Is there anybody out there? Is there anyone who cares? Over me down here Well if there is 
believe I wanna believe That there are angels Up above I wanna believe I wanna believe I wanna believe I wanna believe That there's life after death And then all that is left is
Listening to music from Shaman Heart, uh, the bittersweet, beautiful ride. That's the CD, and we're going to uh, let you know that uh, this is "Tell Me Your Story: New Paradigms for a New World." I'm Richard Dugan, and she, in the black hat, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, is the author of the creator, if you will, of the uh, compilation of 26 stories, or actually 25, because one of those is hers. Shaman Heart, turning pain into passion and purpose. Stephanie Urbina Jones. And it's really a pleasure to have you with us. We just heard coming back uh, from uh, from the last song. We just heard "Born to Love," and I was listening over and over again, and I finally got the words right to um, um, one of John Denver's songs. He's one of my favorite artists, and he had one of these songs that was—I'm not sure if the title is correct, but the the line that I'm thinking of when I heard this song of yours, "Born to Love," uh, he says, "We um, uh, we're not uh, intended to to be alone. That's mm-hmm. not." what we were created for. And yet I kept hearing, and that's not, I'm paraphrasing the line, but actually I thought I was hearing 
that we were meant to be alone the way he the way it was the way I was hearing it in my ear. Uh, horrible when you listen to a song and you think I've got the words down and then you go to the concert and you're singing the wrong words with the people around you. You know, tell us a little bit about this because I think that it's a it's a truism to say the very least. It's a universal truism. I think you know for me that song. Um... You know, the first words are, have you ever wondered what you are doing here? Well, the truth is there's a simple explanation. It's written in the starry skies above. Take a look at all of God's creation. We were born to love. And so Hmm. the essence is we were all born to be here on this planet at this particular time and the families and the situations that we're in and born to find our way through that maze and sometimes in the midst of that and because of that we find our love our passion and our purpose and then our soul can really sing really that's Mm. really it well i uh, and it makes me think of the the chorus line um, of of my song. I'm a good man doing the best I can. I love that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was challenged by this, and I think about this. Um, I, I don't know if I I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm losing my mind or what, but. Uh, when I when I come down the hill off of off of the hill in here in Santa Barbara to go to work, and I'm dealing with the various types of dr- types of drivers, okay, uh, in terms of the way in which they drive, this is not uh, ethnically or age or sexistly uh, listed. This is I don't know who's behind the wheel. All I know is they did this, that, or the other thing. The maneuver was just not you know, and and I just you know it's like. And it's like, oh, come on, keep your blood pressure in check. Okay, pal. Uh, And I have to remind myself that, you know what, you're sometimes, even though you're very cautious and you try to use that turn signal all the time to let people know what you're doing, you know, um, you are uh, subject to the same foibles, if you will. And I was challenged. I'm curious of what your thoughts are on this. I was challenged not long ago in a statement. Or question. They said, well, what about all of the mistakes that you've made? And I responded, and I share it this way. I responded with a statement that I wasn't sure where, where it came from at first. And the response was, I have never made a mistake in my life. What I have had are life learning lessons, if you will. Isn't that what we're here to do? As well as um, we're here to love. We're born to love, as your title, tra- that, as that track says. But that we don't make mistakes. We learn. I mean, that's why we go to school, right? Yes, it's the ultimate mystery school of life. And, you know, the more we become conscious, conscious creators, the more we allow our hearts to long and search and find that love along that path, again, it's a maze. Mm. We're going to be hurt. We're going to hurt people, not because that's what we want to do, but because, you know, we're learning. Mm. <laughs> we're just, in kindergarten yeah. and then we're in junior high and high school and then we become 
hopefully masters of our own yeah. humility and our own compassion for ourselves first and then for others. And then in that compassion and grace, we're able to love. And so, yes, we're hopefully, hopefully learning all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I even pose the question to people, why do you send your kids to school? What's the point? I mean, isn't that where they're supposed to learn? Well, guess what? They refer to the earth as a schoolhouse. And that's that's why we're here. And boy, I'll tell you what, uh, in the last few years, we've probably all learned a heck of a lot. Not only uh, learned a lot about ourselves and the people around us, because we've probably spent a lot more time around them than we usually do. Uh, but we've also learned about new ways of doing things. Um, uh, it's funny. Um, people are really and, and this, 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 this to me, I'm curious about your perspective, because when you travel, uh, you obviously sell tickets in exchange for money. All right. There's an economic whole thing there. Um, and yet at the same time, there's, a, there's actually a really cool country song. Uh, that that I, I really enjoy listening to. And uh, the line, I think the chorus line goes, uh, something along the lines of, you know, I was asked in an interview uh, not long ago, um, you know, uh, where'd you grow up and where'd you go to school? And if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? And he starts telling the story of, well, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing da 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 And I'd still be doing this if I wasn't doing this. Um. So we are finding that we're, would you say that through these these last few years experience that more people today are finding out what is really, really important. And it's not the political scene. It's not the economics. It's not the educational system. It's what we started talking about at the front end of the program. It's family. It's community. Yes, I mean, I think the, 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 the greatest gift of all of it is it's brought us collectively, the whole world, to our knees. And with the invitation of carving out our hearts and what is the most important thing. And for me and for the people that I work with and serve, it is to feel it all. You know, of course there's great sorrow. I can't turn my heart away from what's happening uh, you know, across the pond and, and the devastation that's happening there. I'm tuned into that. And at the same time, I'm tuned into my heart and to this moment with you and this exchange and this being alive and present right now and, and enjoying it, every bit of it. If I'm eating a sandwich, you know, if I'm having a conversation, and, and I'm making my choices for my life based on that, that I want to do, my heart's desire to serve love and to experience love. And so when I put it in that perspective, I have grown so much in the last few years. And um, so, yeah. I have to say that I uh, there are probably longer stretches of time uh, where I feel that way. And then there are those moments when I'm coming down the hill, getting into traffic, when I'm going, oh, God, I have completely forgotten everything I've learned. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing is like, oh, I, I got to take this one over again, I guess, this test. 
<laughs> of course, of course, we're human. Yeah. I mean, it's the human experience. It's of course. Yeah, but at the same time, one of the things that really, um, uh, it's like a lot of people when they make these mistakes and or or they they have these lessons. And people will excuse it away by saying, well, I'm only human, as if that's a bad thing. I mean, just because of the way that it's phrased, it's like, but the reality is, Stephanie, that even though we are inhuman, as we call them human bodies, we, that essence that animates the body, is immortal. It's not human. Mm-hmm. And that takes us, I think, to the next song we want to take a listen to that is sort of your mantra, your theme song for your life, if you will, uh, also from Shaman Heart called Chiseling Out My Soul. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the background, though you may have already shared that, but just in, as far as the song is concerned. So we'll go into that with your explanation. Well, um, I had a therapist by the name of Maximilian, and this man was willing to sit with me as I found my way in my school of life during a really important time. It was also during this time that I went to um, Florence. And I really, coming from Texas, a small town, I didn't understand art history, honestly didn't care about it. And then I turned the corner and I came heart to heart with the David, Michelangelo's masterpiece. And then I started reading about Michelangelo and how he said that, you know, within every stone is the masterpiece. And I believe that that's us too. You know, we come here in this school of life and we're invited to chisel out our soul until we become who we were born to be. And so that's the essence of this song and Michelangelo uh, chiseling out my soul like Michelangelo found spirit in the stone. I'm chiseling out my soul. Mm. I think uh, there's there's another element to that too that says uh, that, uh, um, uh, what was, was, I don't know if it was he that was asked the question or another uh, um, sculptor, if you will, who has asked the question about the big old piece of granite or marble or whatever it was they were to chisel? Well, so how do you know what to chisel away? I said, I chisel away that doesn't look like what I'm looking, what I'm going to create. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's it's very interesting. Well, we're going to take a listen now here uh, with uh, Stephanie. Urbina Jones, and uh, this is Chiseling Out My Soul. This is from Shaman Heart, also the same uh, title as the title of her book, and the website, shamanheart.org. There are several others we're going to talk about here in just a few moments. Here on Tell Me Your Story. Just smile and say I 
I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you folks for staying with us. We uh, are listening to uh, some beautiful music by uh, our uh, guest here on the program today. The uh, track that we just listened to uh, is called Bittersweet, Beautiful Ride. And that is uh, the subtitle, if you will, of Shaman Heart, the CD. Shaman Heart, the book as well as the website.org, shamanheart.org. So we hope that uh, we'll be linked to that website as well. Uh, tell us uh, um, again, uh, I, 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 I realize that it starts to become a little redundant because it's the same theme that is running through all of your music, which is wonderful. That's great because people are not going to get lost, uh, you know, going from one to the next track. Uh, but it, 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 it's like each one is a little different color, a little different hue. Tell us about the color and hue of Bittersweet, Beautiful Ride. Well, that's the title track. It's, you know, it's the synopsis of the whole thing, which is, you know, within the yin and the yang symbol is within the darkness is the light and within the light is the darkness that you have to experience it all. All of Mother Nature teaches us, you know, it has to rain in order for the crops to grow. We have to be able to feel it all and honor it all 
the whole bittersweet, beautiful ride, and then we become more whole, fulfilled, um, even happy beings when we can honor all of it, the whole bittersweet, beautiful ride. You cannot, I could not, you know, within one year have my daughter and at the same time be there as I said goodbye to my grandmother and literally watched her spirit leave her body and feel both jubilation in my body for her new life and at the same time feel the sorrow that I won't get to see her on this plane again. So it's the whole bittersweet, beautiful ride. Absolutely. I can certainly relate to the first, the second part of that I uh, experienced not firsthand, mind you, but I experienced the loss of my eldest sister back in late March uh, and um, had the memorial in late, Ma uh, no, uh, <laughs> in late April. I flew back to Phoenix to be with the family, and it was really a wonderful experience. And I have to say that the memorial was, uh, as I've said many, many times, it was the most beautiful mixture of uh, laughter and tears. Um, mm. And uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience to be with not just the family, the immediate family, but also the aunts and uncles and, and friends. Matter of fact, uh, my sister uh, went to Arizona State University uh, when she went to college. And her dorm mate showed up for the memorial. Wow. Yeah. Dorm mate showed up. That tells me that she made uh, a huge impact on the lives of the people around her. Um, two things that really struck me, and I would love to hear a little bit more about your grandmother and, and the things that she taught you, but one of the things that my sister taught me through what I was shared with after her passing was that in spite of all of the health issues, starting with childhood and asthma, and by the way, she took up the French horn. Who does that? Right. Has asthma and then takes up what I would, it's a horn, a wind instrument, if you will. Uh, but in spite of all of her medical issues throughout her entire 65 years, she never showed bitterness at all. Wow. Never, according to my sisters, according to my mother. Uh, and then the, the other thing that um, they shared, and I can attest to this, and it's like when I think about it, I can see and hear her laughing. Her husband, um, who had a camera with him from the day I met him over 40 years ago when they first came to the house, when he first came to the house, always had a camera around his neck. Thousands and thousands of pictures. They had two slide presentations uh, at the memorial. And he says, yeah, I had to go through thousands of pictures just to cut it down to 300. <laughs> wow. But wow. she smiled, as he put it. She says, he says, she, her laughter was mm. so big, the way she would laugh. It wasn't loud. It was just big. You saw both rows of teeth. Okay. That's, <laughs> and she had a magnificent, wonderful laugh. And uh, uh, so, as I said earlier, you know, the beautiful mixture between laughter and tears at the memorial. And uh, it was just, um, you know, and you would think uh, you had closure with your grandmother, right? Because you were right there. Yes, yes. I didn't get that closure until the memorial. Are you ready for this? This blew me away. I was so glad they did this. His daughter 
my sister's daughter, my uh, uh, my uh, um, brother-in-law's daughter, had his camera. They were at the mortuary. They had my sister laying on a table, and his daughter took a photograph of him standing, and they were both in silhouette, standing before the table looking down at her. He stood straight up. He was standing tall, looking down, right? Not hunched over. Oh, and I have to tell you that gave me closure because now I could see and I could really feel it was I I, it was magnificent. I, I, you know, I I know that sounds bizarre to say, but it was it was like, thank you. Thank you so much for giving us that uh, uh, blessing, that Mm -hmm. gift of closure. And we can all say, yeah, I'm, and I'm glad she was in my life. And I still believe she's still in my life. Your grandmother is still in your life. Absolutely. For give, sure. Give us, give us a little <laughs> synopsis of grandma. Oh, by the way, how did, how did you refer to her? Um, grandma. Grandma, okay. Uh, grandma, although she was my abuelita, and I write in a song that you can look up. It's called La Reina de Los Angeles, which means the Queen of the Angels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I write, I can smell frijoles in the kitchen. <laughs> I can hear her laughter in the air. I can hear her yelling, hey, mija, please do something with your hair. La reina, la reina de los angeles <laughs> is dancing through my dreams. Yes, she's with me all the time. I have no doubt that part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is that she is guiding uh, from wherever she is. Uh, the magic because you can't make it up it's it's Mm -hmm. beyond it's beyond it's heaven sent the way this orchestration of my life and I believe many people's lives are if we have the heart and the eyes to see Mm -hmm. Uh, you know so she was feisty she was spicy she was sometimes mean and she you know she was a woman before her time you know so she if she would have been at this time she would have been making giant uh she would be speaking singing telling stories uh that mattered so did she do much cooking oh my gosh every day i mean always oh my god i know And I didn't get that gene, you know. I have, <laughs> I, have the, I have the Uber Eats gene, you ah, know. Okay. Uh, but I know how to. I love to host and have people, mm-hmm. you know, over. I cook songs, is what I cook. There you go. Great recipes. Great recipes. Uh, my grandmother on my mother's side. Uh, oh my lord! Christmas time. They had the assembly line going in the kitchen at her home in Florence, Arizona, making tomales. Yes. Uh, and uh, they, my, my grandfather made for her this concrete wood-burning stove with a giant iron griddle on top where she would go out there and she had the balls of dough that she would then, you know, do this for the tortillas. Never used utensils when she, she always picked the corner at the edge of the tortilla to flip it. And you want to know how you can tell a truly fresh homemade tortilla? Wow. is the little black circles where it sat on the griddle just a touch okay yes. oh, that's wow. how you that's know great. when you buy when you buy a lot of uh, 
Telteca or Mission or whatever. And I'm not, no, I'm not disparaging them by any means. Those are not homemade. You can tell. Right. Uh, tomales. Uh, God, I, I'm trying to think of some of the other things. Uh, and we would eat them out of the refrigerator, not even heating them up. They were that good. Oh, yummy. Oh. Uh. Now, I have learned a very important lesson over the years. I've been searching for the tamale that tastes like hers. And Ooh. there are some that come close, but no cigar, if you will. And someone finally told me, Richard, you'll never, ever find it. You'll never find it. You'll never find it. And maybe that's why I lead journeys in Mexico, really. <laughs> Once a year down there because I do get a lot of homemade mm. um, tortillas and Mexican food at the Dreaming House in the pyramids of Teotihuacan. Yes. Now, so. I'm curious. I have been to the Tulum ruins on the mm -hmm. east coast of um, <clears throat> the Yucatan Peninsula. And... Uh, that was quite spectacular. Tell me about, first of all, how, wh when did you start going down there? And is that the only uh, place that only is the sacred space or place that you take tours or that you yourself might go to just solo or with a few people? No, you know, um, when I first started going, it's been 15 years ago, that very first journey, um, and I had been studying under um, a very popular author by the name of Don Miguel Ruiz. He oh, yes. wrote a book, a book called The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be a student under one of his main apprentices. And that's who I went. And, and it was Miguel that had reawakened the energy of, of Teotihuacan and laid out this initiate's journey that takes you through basically a map of transformation from hell the place that's hell where you get to like call up the things in your life that are still bugging you and still you're struggling with and then you take a leap of faith and then you surrender and walk intentionally and we're leading you this whole way mm -hmm. down the avenue of the dead with an invitation to as those things come up to release them and then at the pyramid of the moon you know, this is a place that represents the idea of the great mother mm. that will take anything that seems too big or too painful. And you can, you know, have your own experience of resurrection of your heart or rebirth or reborn, being reborn in your thoughts, in your mind, in your spirit. And truly, it really is the experience of it, not just understanding it in the mind, but walking this People's lives are transformed in a week like mine were. So we lead that journey in the pyramids of Teotihuacan uh, this June 14th through the 21st. You can check us out at freedomfolkandsoul.org or go to shamanheart.org. We're leading that journey. We also are um, leading a journey in Peru um, with mm. like one of the most renowned Incan shamans um, at the end of August through September it's like the end of, yeah, August the 27th through September 7th. Um, so excited about being there with Jorge Luis Delgado. And then we lead a journey in Oaxaca, Mexico, which is a heart of the indigenous, where so much of the food and the culture and the art comes from. So 
we love leading journeys to amazing places that you want to go and have an adventure in life but then you bring the spiritual meaningful sacred to it so that when you leave not only is your heart just like bursting with like love and passion but you also have that connection to your own spirit mm. what is your shamanic I'll put it that way, or, or uh, Transformational Healer's mission statement. To walk with and empower others to remember who they are and to live their life with passion and purpose. And what is your vision for the future? Mm, oh, okay. Well, as an artist, as a recording artist, I've just finished my album that I'm the most excited about. It's called Manuel's Destiny, and it documents my great-grandfather's journey of faith and how over 100 years that was connected to mine with a Bible that someone found in an antique store and sent to me right before I made history, um, doing what he told me I would do, sharing our culture in mm. stories and songs. So this album was recorded in El Paso where he crossed over with the greatest of honky-tonk musicians from Austin and Nashville and LA, and then these mariachis from El Paso and Mexico. Um, it's a beautiful symphony of sound and storytelling. And so I'm looking forward to that album coming out. I'm looking forward to, we're creating a show with the Nashville Symphony to create, um, and honoring the ancestors of country music for Dia de los Muertos mm. and oh, telling yes. stories of these great country artists and their lives and telling my story with the Nashville Symphony and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. I wanna travel and take this show all over the world. We're looking forward to um, continuing to work with people that feel called and really at crossroads of their life that are like, you know what? I really want to live. I really want to change my life. Um, that's what we do. That is what we do really well on these journeys. Well, you and I may meet on the road of uh, traveling the world because I want to take this show on the road, going around the world, Yay! talking with people about how they're changing their lives and the lives of the people around them. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's just incredible. I wanted to ask you another question and we're going to take all of the overlay of uh, politics and all of the other stuff. You and I probably would agree that what is going on on the outside is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. Help us from your shamanic perspective, your transformational healing perspective to understand the metaphor, the symbology behind and we'll focus specifically so we can keep it simple on the migration across the mexican u.s border by and it doesn't matter who they are they're coming here what does that say about us on those higher levels what does that say about us as a society as a civilization uh in terms of you know, what's going on inside of us that this is happening on the outside? You mean that the migration, the immigration is coming and that we're 
either open to it or not open to it? We could put it in that context, but maybe first let's ask the question, why? Why Why are they coming and taking that symbol? What inside of me is migrating? Hmm. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You know, I think that having the opportunity to travel and sing all over the world, there is an understanding that America is a promised land and the land of great dreamers and the land of anything is possible and of freedom. And so, so many, including my family and obviously your family, have spent generations bringing their heart, their sacred hearts from Mexico and coming here to help build this country, mm-hmm. really help build it, help um, all the foods we eat um, um, have been, are from their field of dreams south of the border and so i just feel like there is a natural born dreamer in all of us you know whether your ancestors came from ireland or czechoslovakia Mm -hmm. or mexico there is this in um, gps calling us to the next frontier and they are being called here and in my humble opinion are a gift to our country because so many of them are still connected to their heart and the land and their faith and so you know we are in the bigger picture in the rebirth of humanity and birth is messy you know, when a woman gives birth, it's going to get crazy, as we all know. Well, that's what I hear. I have no firsthand knowledge. <laughs> it's true. You, we all know this. And so we're just at the heart of that. Yeah. You know, the heart of all these old paradigms being met with new ones. And everybody's scared. And everybody's fighting for their own. And that's natural. And that's what has to happen in order for us to kind of, again, rebirth this new way of being and living in order to stay here in the big picture on the planet and to thrive. That is the one word that we strive for more than anything else throughout all of the programs I've done, uh, the people I've spoken with over 43 years. I am sick and tired and exhausted from just surviving. I want to thrive. Now, I have. I have found ways of, even though it may be moment to moment, you know, hour to hour, uh, that's great because at least I know what it feels like to really thrive. And it's these moments, these hours spent talking with people such as yourself where I, I feel that uh, and I did find out this is an actual word in the dictionary. I feel that thrival energy, mm. okay? Cool. And that we can. 
Uh, I know there are a lot of people that are very pessimistic and they're thinking it's the end of the world and Armageddon's coming and, and the great apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse. Um, I've often said, all right, if that's happening and they're going to start launching nuclear weapons, all I know is I want to be at ground zero, okay? Uh, I do not want to survive that. Uh, but I don't, I just don't see that happening. I, I, do you think we're going to learn from history eventually? I think that the most important thing we can learn is for us to harness our wellness and our consciousness and our love no matter what. That to me is the gift or the invitation from having to be at home. I know you've been working, but a lot of us having to turn inward. How can we make first that peace and grow that field of our own consciousness and wellness and thrive internally? Because when we do, that can't help but be mirrored back in, in all our relations. Mm. And that is the indigenous understanding that's coming forward. And I know this because this is my own living. My living is that I was suffering in my mind and my spirit always until I began to do my own inner journey work. I started meditating and praying and being around people that helped me carve out my heart. And in that consciousness, and as people are awakening and taking responsibility for their thoughts more and more, there's an army of people that are coming from that place. Mm -hmm. And my feeling is like, I don't know what's gonna happen with the world or Armageddon or any of that. What I know is what's important for me is to be present in my heart and in my love in this moment with the people I'm in relation with. I remember when I was working 15 years at a Christian radio station and uh, I would share some of the, the things that I was hearing there with some other people who were a little, who were, were uh, more, shall we say, metaphysical or esoteric, if you will. Uh, and they said, well, you, you, have to, you have to bear in mind that if they're, if they're looking for the devil, they'll find it. And if they're looking for God, they'll find it. So if you're looking for Armageddon, you'll find it. But exactly. if you're looking for paradise, if you will... And I, I know people love to call Santa Barbara and the Santa Barbara South Coast paradise, and that's fine. Uh, if that's what you're looking for, then you'll find it. Uh, it's what your perspective is. It's what your perceptions are. And um, we're not here to change anyone's perceptions. We're here to show you different perspectives so that if you want to choose them, they're there for you to choose. And uh, you have shared uh, an immense amount through uh, not only this program, but also through Shaman Heart, turning pain into passion and purpose. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. It's uh, Stephanie Urbina uh, Jones, and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, Stephanie, I want to thank you so much. For being with us here on the program, uh, we 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 had a, a played a little juggling with the schedules, and we managed to to lock you in here uh, for this for this particular program. We'd love to have you back again, and hopefully one of these days, as I said, we will get a chance to uh, to meet uh, face to face. And uh, uh, if you're ever out here in the Santa Barbara area, you know we let us know. We'd love to have you in studio to continue this conversation. Thank you so much for being who you are and doing what you do. It's so beautiful and important. So thank you so much for having me on. 
Well, thank you. And uh, I do have three final questions that I, I like to ask you, that I ask all of my guests. Now, you may have answered these questions um, during the interview, but I like to ask them directly. But before I do, I need to thank you, the listener and the viewer, for watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. As we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true, we are here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We are uh, streaming those programs live at uh, richarddugan.com with podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, many other locations across the Internet uh, with 82,500 listens to date from January 1, 2018. Thank you so much for listening and spreading the word. We're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. And uh, that's uh, Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. Just look for The Guy in the black hat with this interview you look for the gal in the black hat and uh we hope that you will support us financially if you can paypal is our uh, uh link it's a it's there for your security as well as ours and then we also ask you take some time just a couple of minutes a day and who knows it may lengthen but just a couple of minutes a day spend time in that prayer closet in that quiet still calm peaceful place listening to that still small voice, if nothing more, to help to soothe your nerves a little bit, to soothe the energy, to calm things down a little bit so that you can go back into, <laughs> don't be of the world, but you're going to be in it. You don't have much of a choice in that regard, uh, but uh, we hope that you will take time to do that. And with that said, uh, we jump into our uh, three final questions. And the first is, who is Stephanie Urbina Jones? Ah, a lover of life and a midwife of joy, passion, and purpose. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I want to set the hearts of millions ablaze with their own love and um, imagination of what is possible. And finally, what is your life's purpose? To bring the joy, to, to bring the joy and to, to remind people that we were born to love. Stephanie, I want to thank you once again for joining us here on the program. Thank you. And I thank you for listening and watching. Tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.